You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. The Eric Franz is still stuck. Okay, let's jump right into Eric Francis. Get off the off the table right away. This is the Seattle game. We got three games since we recorded Seattle, Vegas, and Arizona. Now this is this is funny because. It's in the second intermission. Uh, did you end up watching this? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, dude, they just showed the video. Um, the last podcast we were talking about this because you had sent me that article. <laughs> Again, you're so good at digging this stuff up. You sent me the article of whenever year that was, two years ago? Or is it one year ago? It was, it was January two- 2021, so the, the stupid COVID season, beginning of then. Johnny will never become a point of 99.4 ever again in his career. It's, it's not going to happen because I'm Eric Francis. So then I'm like, dude, just clip that one, one piece where he says it. We throw it up there. I don't know what it has now, but last week it was 25,000 views. And I, I forget who was on Twitter. If you're listening, sorry, I apologize if, I don't know your name, but somebody took that clip and put the, the prices right afterwards and with the screenshot of Johnny hitting 99 points. <laughs> and so sure enough, second intermission, Ryan Leslie holds him accountable. Love it, right? So it's Fra- it's uh, Francis with Sarich and Leslie. I love how no one wants to sit with Francis. So he's, I don't know where he's he is. banished. He's on his own somewhere in the building, probably up by the the washrooms and the on the press level. They just tuck him up way up there where those old spotlights like are, where you can touch the roof and it's like gross and like sticky and old. You got those like spotlights from 1930 yeah. still there <laughs> that don't even know if they work. So, but anyways, they throw that up and Fran or uh, Leslie goes, "Say, yeah, speaking of history, uh, Eric, what do you think of this?" He obviously knew it was coming. He's trying to look like he uh, is not phased, but he, anyways, they throw it up there and basically Leslie's, what do you have to say for yourself? And he, all he says is you're welcome, Johnny. He's literally taking credit for Johnny Gaudreau scoring a hundred points. So a little more insight into this guy. We, no one likes him. Why? Cause he's a fucking jackass. Just a piece of shit. Trashing well, players, attacking players. It started with Brody when his wife had MS or whatever it was. Why is he going to Team Canada? What a what a weakling! He's selfish, weak. selfish. Not a team guy. Well, look, we don't need to sit here and explain Francis's history. Everybody knows 
but maybe we've got a glimpse of understanding this guy for him to take credit because, and I'm, he's not even kidding. If you watch the clip, he's not even kidding. It was a premeditated response. He obviously thought about it, processed it, knew it was coming. This video they're going to throw at him. And he says, you're welcome. If I'm the wind beneath Johnny's wind wings, then you're welcome. What do you have to say to that? What a creep. Well, you know what? This isn't surprising because he kind of did this same thing last year. When So basically, he'll throw out these absolutely atrocious takes that are just, not only are they fucking stupid, they piss everybody off because they're so fucking stupid and they're so offensive. Then when he's dead wrong, he then takes credit that he says, because of my bad take. Right, exactly. The team responded, you're welcome. I'm the fucking savior here, not Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau didn't have a 100-point-plus season. I did. I'm Eric Francis. I'm the best. He was doing this last year when Johnny was having a bounce-back season. He was, like, talking about how, like, oh, well, you know, well, you face some criticism. and Boy, he really has responded very well. Like, maybe he needed some criticism. Like, I remember us talking about this last year. And it's just just like, dude, the fact that you – or a piece of shit is not the reason why Johnny Gaudreau is a hundred point getter in this league. It's because he's an unbelievable hockey player, which you somehow don't happen to understand. He's the best player since Aginla. Uh, he's right up there with Aginla. Could you imagine if these two were in the same era together? Dude. We would have the Stanley Cup for sure. Oh, no doubt. It's like the two perfect kind of players that need each other too, right? Like, yeah. Jerome always needed a, I guess he had Tangay, but Tangay's on Joe's level. No. But dude, like, okay, somebody, we've been, this, this season's unbelievable because there's a lot of guys having crazy seasons, but like Johnny Gaudreau, I read a stat the other day. It's like, he could be the only player and I don't really put a whole lot into plus minus, but there's like three players who've been like 50 plus and like over a hundred points in like the past 30 years. And it's like Mario. And like one other guy, there's like three guys since Gretzky in the eighties. It's fucking unreal. My whole thing is maybe we should have a discussion about this. When did plus minus become irrelevant? I don't understand that. Well, yeah. If you go back to, you know, when I, when I was playing hockey, we had team stats and whatever. And it's just like, when you're not on the ice for goals, it says something. When you are on the ice for goals, it says something. When you're on a far more higher amount on the ice than you are off the ice, it says something. It's not an irrelevant stat. It's not irrelevant, but it just lacks a bit of context. So, um, But why? Is, is it because I, I, I would say, sure, in a 10-game, if you're looking at a 10-game sample size, yeah. But over an 82-game sample size, I mean, maybe the better set is it with or without them. Yeah, I but, think looking at like five on five goal differential would be better because like even though Lindholm's fucking nut, like Lindholm's plus minus this year is more impressive because he plays penalty kill, right? Like that's the context thing. Gaudreau doesn't play on the penalty kill. Lindholm does. So the plus minus is just five on five, isn't it? No, it's total. <clears throat> no. So yeah. No. Yeah. No. So, if you just look at five Are you on sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred fifty percent. That's why. Um, 
you, you see guys who don't play on the penalty kill usually lead this stat. That's right. So fucking amazing that Lindholm's way up there. I'm looking at the top guys and plus minus right now. I don't know if many of them play like top PK minutes like Lindholm does. Like maybe Barkov, who's 13. Like Lindholm is plus 55 and plays on the penalty kill every single night. That's wild. Yeah, that is wild. Well, the penalty kill's been so good. How many goals? How many goals have we allowed shorthanded? Dude, like probably not very many. I wonder what the actual number is. Can you pull it up? I mean, you pull up the percentage. Probably, you probably can. One sec. But it'd be cool to know. Is it like? Is it under twenty? Is it under thirty? Doesn't seem like we've allowed a lot of the unless, percentage. I mean, the Oilers have had ten against us, so <laughs> in one hey. game. David alone has had 10 against us. See, this is why NHL.com sucks. You have to go to other sites. You'd think you'd think NHL.com Dude, would have a running total of shorthanded goals against. It's the worst for finding stats. Like, holy Dude, shit. While you're while you're pulling that up, I'm just going to wrap this up, this whole Francis thing, because it, for him to come out, and he wasn't even kidding. He like there's a there's a part of him that actually believes that he is plays a responsible role in Johnny Gaudreau having this fucking incredible season. It's not, it's not playing with two elite players with Lynn Holman and uh, Matthew Kachuk. It's not having probably the league's best coaching and you're playing in an excellent system and you're good defensively as a team. It's nothing that has nothing to do with any of that. It's because Eric Francis is a clown. Basically, Piece of shit. Is that, is that too much? Is that, am I getting, is that too much? Is calling no. him a piece of shit? <laughs> no, I, I mean, think he is. All right. If you like, here's the thing. I always go back and forth and like, okay, do I feel sorry for this guy? But then he just keeps doubling down and tripling down and quadrupling down. He's on the air and he's just spewing like this fucking nonsense. And it's just like, it's so hard not to hate this, this is guy. The, this is the beauty of this. There's a lot of problems with social media age. This is one of the good things. Well, I guess it's maybe yeah. a bad, bad thing too. Is that bad takes never die? You say something, but when you can like when you can track a repeated behavior of absolutely moronic takes and absolute bullshit, and like post it online for everybody to see, and Ryan Leslie can pick it up and play it on the national TV broadcast, that's a beautiful thing. That weeds so, out the morons. And the second greatest thing about this intermission, little, and if you haven't, you just go back and watch this little two minutes. They show that clip, and then. France or uh, Leslie's just kind of doing his chuckling thing. And then Sarge right away goes, well, you know, the last time Eric Francis threw out some uh, second intermission going into the third period stats, it didn't go in the Calgary flames favor. So, cause they're down, what was it? Three, one, yeah. they're down two goals going into the, the third period. I don't think, have they come back from two before? Was, I think, was I think the Dallas, Dallas game they did. So they've done it once. So anyways, Eric Francis is going on. Oh yeah. They're Owen, whatever. And then Sarge, in response to the whole thing, goes, yeah, the last time he threw those stats, it didn't go in. The, so the, the, the Flames are sitting in a good position here, rolling to the third. And he's just, you know, he's kidding, right? But then it turns out they come back. Fuck, that was hilarious. That was like the most perfect game series of events. I wish I had seen that live, but. All right. Um, found it. Yeah, found it. So the Flames have allowed 36 goals against shorthanded this year. That's sixth best in the league. 36 what's is it, what's worst okay you want to know what's weird do you want to know who have allowed the least goals against shorthanded this year like if you had to guess you'll if never, i had to guess you'll never fucking guess so i gotta go off the board guess yeah yeah 
Oilers? The Sharks. Oh, interesting. That's so who's who's top five? That's the same. Top five in terms of gold against Sharks, Penguins, Islanders, Hurricanes, Blues. Flames are sixth. The worst is Montreal. With uh, they've allowed sixty-five goals <laughs> shorthanded. Holy fuck! What a that's got to be a rough season, eh? That's pretty rough. Go to the Cup final and then uh, be the worst team in the entire league by a long shot. Maybe Arizona's worse, but that's pretty bad. Dude, what happened? Is it just Carey Price? Well, they lost. Who else did they lose? They lost to No, who was huge. Everybody thought he was like overrated. He's fucking awesome. Um, Obviously, they lost fully in a trade. And they lose it. I guess Weber's not playing. Price wasn't playing. Yeah, they lost a lot of guys. Yeah, Desharm, I guess, wasn't the guy yeah, after it's all. Like, it's like having Jeff Ford back there, probably. Probably a little bit, yeah. yeah. We all know how painful that was. All right, well, let's look at uh, – I actually want to start with Vegas because that's the stinker. Um, Actually, no, you know, we need to start with Seattle because there was – Daryl has some theories about why they stunk in Vegas, so let's start with Seattle. So, Seattle goes up one nothing. Kachuk has the disgusting tip. Like this guy, he's has he's he's got to be the best tipper in the NHL. Fuck, he's good. Is there a stat for tipping goals? I think there's a stat for deflection goals, but well, same thing. We could probably find it. (laughs) All right, (laughs) this is going to be your new job. Research. Yeah, we got to bring someone else to do the podcast. Well, I've seen. I remember. I remember posting like uh, like backhand shots, like. Johnny Gaudreau like, is one of the top backhand goal scorers over the past few years. I remember seeing that somewhere. Disgusting tip, but Seattle then scores uh, two more in the second period. It's 3-1 after two. Daryl pulls Markstrom in between periods, right? Let our start yep. the third, I think. And, you know, you're watching it. You're kind of like, yeah, it's, that's actually probably a good call. Why not? What do you have to lose? Like, what do you have to lose? But then there's the, there's the part in the back of your mind going, fuck, is he getting tired? What's going on? And then it's back-to-back games he gets pulled, even though Daryl in the Vegas game said that Daryl's reasoning for the first pull against Seattle was to spark the team, change it up. And they changed the lines up. The team responded. They came back. They win. But again, against the Vegas Golden Knights, he said that, um, that he felt like the players fucking – hung him out to dry. So he wanted to pull him out of there. And I guess in the bigger picture, he's still managing minutes. Like you said, for Daryl, it's not so much about starts or games played. It's minutes played, which does make sense. But, you know, you got to take some, you got to take starts into consideration too. Cause like, this is all mental preparation, right? If he knows he's starting, he's got to go through the, the game routine to get himself ready um, that's got to take a bit of a toll as well, not just the physical aspect. Oh, yeah. Game day leading up to your preparation is totally different, you know. Especially, again, like your Markstrom. Dude's, dude's, a, dude's crazy. You think his preparation isn't intense? Exactly. His mental preparation is probably pretty taxing. <laughs> so, but after this last game stretch, because we had this conversation on the last podcast, is he playing too much? Are you worried about it? Now that you've seen him get pulled in back-to-back games, how do you feel about it? Same? I still feel the same. I still feel like Daryl, I'm going to trust him till the end. But I don't know. What's your take? Do you see his performance dropping a bit? I don't know. Like maybe you want a couple goals. Like 
back, you know, like maybe, but it's not falling off that much, has it? He's been no. fine. It's not like he's letting stinkers. He, yeah, he's been fine. And I mean, what, there's seven games left. Daryl finally, fe- <laughs> like it took them. It was like a fucking like trying to extract gold from a, like to get Daryl to say, yeah, we made the playoffs. Guys did a good job. That's something to be proud of was so hard. Now that they've clinched the playoff spot, I think you'll see Vladar get some starts. And I mean, what does Markstrom have? 60 starts, 60 games played. So I think based on the math of what Daryl wanted him to play in terms of minute, that would get him like to 62. So seven games left. If he gets two more starts, Vladar gets the rest. I think that's, I think that's probably what you'll see. Maybe he gets 63 or something like that. Cause Daryl did say like, he doesn't like guys to be like sitting before playoffs. And I'm assuming that means the goalie. Yeah. And he might just put him in and out of games here and there. Like he has been right. Yeah. But you got to think that this is going to continue. It sounds like he's starting tonight, but you're playing back to back. You got Chicago tonight, Nashville tomorrow. You're on the road. This is, this is good timing for a nice quick little road trip back to back. You know, last week wasn't too taxing. You only had three games. You're used to playing four. But it sounds like Markstrom's starting tonight. You got to think Lazaro will get the start tomorrow in Nashville. But if you're Daryl Sutter and you're the Calgary Flames, there's no part of you that would want to take your foot off the gas. A, Edmonton has, what, lost one game in the last fucking Dude, they are fucking rolling. So you, you can't afford to. You do not. Not only do you want to give up home ice advantage, and I don't know, would you? Maybe you would rather play LA. So, I, but you're not you're not picking your opponents here. That's that's a, the fastest way to you know disaster. But you got to think that he wants to secure the division, and the Flames do too. And the last thing you want is to fucking lose the division to Edmonton, right? It's gross. Fuck off. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. You there's seven games left. Edmonton is you still got a nice little cushion on them, but are they going to lose? <laughs> they lost one game. They got they got their asses kicked by the Wild. I'm not really sure how tough their opponents are. Back to back Mike Smith shutouts. Back to back Mike Smith shutouts. That means you know what's coming. This is good. I this like is this. Perfect. I love Mike Smith getting confident before the playoff starts. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Getting confident and cocky. So you still have a game in hand on the others. So they have six games left. You have seven, and you have you still have a seven point lead. I I don't see them catching you, but you still have to you still have to take the next three to five games super seriously before you even think about resting guys. Well, and I think today makes the best sense. Like you're playing Chicago, who's not a big physical team. They're not very good. Um, it's probably going to be an easier night for Markstrom than it will be tomorrow night against a team that's really good and fighting for a playoff spot. So yeah. then he has, what, two days off if he doesn't play tomorrow. And then after the Dallas game, he could get like, if you do the start right, Markstrom will have plenty of rest. So yeah. I'm really not worried about it. Plus, I mean, arguably this guy gets more dialed in the more he plays. So, yeah, I'm not worried about it either. Do you think – I'm just looking at the standings right now and while we're on the topic. Because I think a week ago or two weeks ago, you were saying it, it probably looks like we'll play Nashville 
right? If if playoffs started today, we're playing Dallas only because they have one less game played than Nashville, but Dallas and Nashville have the same amount of points. Vegas, they needed to to win a couple of games last week, yeah, and I they think didn't they're win done. Both. They are actually falling behind here. I don't even like now. They're LA has a game in hand on Vegas, and they're up three points. And the games are running out, man. There's like there's not a lot of games left, and they don't Vegas, have any head to heads with LA at all. Vegas only has six games left, so they need to fucking basically win out. I think if they want to if they want to secure a playoff spot. But what what's your prediction right now? Well, Does Vegas get in? Oh man, I don't know how they're gonna like unless LA just like falls flat on their face and loses. Like who do, who do they play? Let's just look at LA's schedule. It's not like they have a super strenuous schedule either. They play the Ducks twice this week, the Blackhawks, the Kraken, and the Canucks. They play all non-playoff teams. That's LA? Yeah. So all LA has to do is like win a few games and they should be good to go. So still think LA gets in. And yeah, screw Vegas. I know I said I wanted them to play the Oilers, but they can suck it. Vegas, on the other hand, plays the Devils, the Capitals, the Sharks. The Stars, Chicago, and St. Louis. So they got some tougher. They got three tougher opponents there. Yeah, that's going to be. They had to beat the Oilers the other night, and they didn't. So fuck them then. Yeah. If you can't uh, do what If we you can't want, beat the Oilers, then screw you guys. If you get shut up. I mean, up I guess Mike that Smith, loss. I guess that loss clinched our playoff spot. But yeah, if you get shut up by Mike Smith, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. No, definitely not. <laughs> All right, back to the Seattle game. So this this comeback, it's not super surprising, especially since they mounted the comeback earlier on. Um, but it's, it was an interesting game because Johnny was stuck at 100 points for, what, a game and a half? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like you could tell it was starting to become a mental thing, not only for him, but the whole team, it seemed like. <laughs> so... They're on the five, four on three. Johnny dishes it down to Kachuk. He tries to go cross crease. It bounces right back to him. He pots it in the net. Points at Johnny. Everybody's, you know, him and Linholm and Rast, they're all fucking super thrilled for Johnny. It's over. Finally, we can move on. Um, Monge ties it up. Hannafin has the, the game winner on the power play from a sweet pass from Stone, the new power play specialist. And then Kachuk gets the hat trick with the empty net. And then, you know, it's a feel good, right? Eric Francis is wrong again. You had a comeback. Comebacks are always great. Johnny got his 100th point. His mom and dad are in the stands. And it's a fucking, it's a love, it's a Johnny love fest. It's a drill love fest, right? Kachuk gets the hat trick. The hat's on the ice, blah, blah, blah. Daryl's not impressed. Right? He... And then I think he alluded to the reason why I want to start with this game. He alluded after the, the Vegas loss, he alluded yeah. to this game and said, look, this week has been way too much focus on individual performance and individual effort. We're not playing as a team. That's why Vegas, Vegas steamrolled us. What's your take on that? Because I understand that, that yes, it's a bit of a distraction, but it's also – a monumental thing, but this is why Daryl is such a fucking badass. Yeah. He's such a boss, right? He's like, 
like you like you always say the media is trying to jerk johnny off they want they want uh daryl to get on the jerk fest and <laughs> daryl's just like i don't give a fuck 100 points doesn't make a difference to me i'd rather have players that win the the playoff scoring race well and the thing he said too i think he said it after on saturday night actually referring back to this is like what the fans are talking about is the team aspect, right? Like, sure, we it was cool to see Johnny get 100 points, but what is the growing concern now? Okay, is he going to be this good in the playoffs? Is this team going to show up in the playoffs? That's what we're worried about, and that's what he's worried about. He fucking knows what's, knows what's going on. Well, it's true. How much do you care about Johnny's 100-point season if we're bouncing the first round? Yeah, like, it's cool, but, like, if we're done – if if we're done in the in the first two weeks of May, are you going to be like looking back? Well, wow, that was fun season. Johnny got 120 points. You're going to be well, pissed off, man. And not, it's not even even for the fans; it's the players too. Imagine if you're Johnny, yeah, and you're looking back at your career and you go, "Yeah, you know what? I scored 100 points, but I never got a taste of the Stanley Cup. Never even came close." Like, do you think he's going to be yearning for what that would have felt like? Yeah. And obviously, Daryl's been through the process. He knows what it feels like. It's probably the best feeling you've ever had in sports, ever. Yeah, and that's his job right now because... Yeah, to keep his perspective. Yeah, because, and again, the guys are saying it too, even though I'm sure, like, you can't help but get caught up in it if you're like Johnny Gutrell, right? Um, Like, the his parents are there and all that shit. But the guys are saying it too, right? Like, you, I've heard Chuck say it a couple times. It's like, in 2018, 2019, we backed into the playoffs. We weren't ready, and we got steamrolled. So, they know it. Yeah. Well, and it was the game before that, too, when when Dubé got to Folia's 20th goal, right? Yeah. But, and, and like he's said before, keep the player's perspective. And like you mentioned, keep the fans' perspective, right? Like, oh. Daryl's also keeping the fans in check. No, this is not what it's about. 100-point seasons, individual performances, sure. This is not what we're here to play for. Well, and he even said, I think the best quote of – he's been on fire this week, may oh, I dude. say. Fuck. But when is he, he not? But his yeah. quote about the fans was just like, they know the players better than I do or you do pretty much. God, I love that guy. Yeah. So this Vegas game, the storyline for me is the whole Colesar thing. And you fuck, little man, bitch. that was uh, that was infuriating to watch. And I don't, I'm not convinced that was his intention was to infuriate. I think he was just being a little bitch. But isn't he supposed to be the, the tough guy, or or no? Was I thought he, so. He I, thought Ryan Mr. I thought he was the Reeves replacement type guy. So he comes in with a dirty hit. Like, well, imagine that was Kachuk on. Uh, Dude, holy fuck. Kachuk on anybody. On really. anyone in the world. Anybody. Imagine if that was the Oilers. I like how. I like how. I'm glad you brought this up because I forgot to, to. I didn't. I was wanted to make this point and forgot about it. Imagine, like, Matt Kachuk clean hits one of the biggest, dirtiest players in the league. Exactly. Clean hits him, clean hits him, and, like, everyone's on his case because he won't fight him. This fucking loser with one of the worst headshots I've ever seen on one of the, the Flames' best defensemen, one of the most important players, and he won't fight anybody, and there's not a word about this shit. There's not a word, no. 
and Kachuk never received any disciplinary action on those hits on Cassian, though, did he? No. Do you think? I mean, that- the fucking psycho who tried to beat him to death did. He, was, he got like he was, one game suspension. Yeah. Ridiculous. The, the, yeah, it's basically That's what it was. the NHL for you. Oh, hey, let's let a goon who sucks beat the living shit out of a defenseless 22-year-old superstar. Try to murder moment. someone. Yeah, Try to murder someone. That's okay. But yeah, that's fine. But obviously you don't like the hit. No, I hate it. Now, the whole thing, like, it was weird because this seemed, this to me was the turning point in the game. I think it was one, was it, was it one, one? I think it was still one, nothing. Might have been one, one. And then the officiating, dude. Oh, Jesus. It's like, did even when Lucic went after him, how does Lucic get a penalty? I have no, everyone was on him too. And I was like, are you kidding me? And it's just like, yo, refs, it was a head hit and there was no retribution. And I, I got- mean, here's what pissed me off the most is like, okay, number one, the, the hit, I didn't, how they portrayed it on the broadcast was there wasn't going to be a penalty. Right. So I was right. pissed off about that. And then they go to the they go upstairs. I'm thinking, oh, they're probably reviewing it, so they'll give them a major. But what happens is they reduce it from a major to a minor. And for some reason, this is what really pissed me off. Pete DeBo- Peter DeBoer, what a fucking loser this guy is. Oh, Who is this it. guy? He's losing his mind. Chris Tanev's like half dead. Thank God Chris Tanev came back. I almost had a heart attack. But Dude. this guy is losing his mind over what? Because it was a penalty? Like, what a douchebag. <laughs> so I was pissed off infuriated by the fact it wasn't a major and then i was even more infuriated by the fact peter DeBoer is apparently pissed off that what is he mad about like i don't understand Fuck. Yeah, that was odd eh? so i was enraged by more than just the hit so i think what happened was the linesman probably called the penalty and because based on the new rule you're not allowed to review it up you can only review it down so you have to call you have to call it a major first, and then you're allowed to review it and see if it should be a minor. In what world is that? A, is do you say, "Oh, that's that's not as bad as we thought"? It was brutal. I think it's because it was shoulder to head contact, primarily, or I guess it was more bicep. But it, because it wasn't direct elbow to head, but still, it's still. I mean, it's funny because the the penalty is a hit to the head. Right, it's a minor for a hit to the head. It's like, oh god. So well, you know, you murdered the guy, but you actually stabbed him in the in the technically in the trachea, not in his face. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna reduce your life sentence by like, you know, it's only ten years now. God. Yeah, you you uh, you murdered the guy by stabbing him twelve times, but you didn't stab him eighty. So we're gonna reduce your life sentence. Exactly. Yeah. No direct but- head contact. So. Fuck. So yes, the hit was a was problematic. I'm, I don't can't even remember who was on the ice at the time because I was just like freaking out that we're gonna lose Tanev. It didn't look good. Um, but so because there was no response right away, right? No. And and I wonder what was Colasar doing? Was he talking? He was saying something to Tanev. Was he like, oh, sorry, but I didn't mean to. Kind or of. That's he- what it looked like. He kind of looked like he was like, oh shit, I didn't mean to do that type shit. 
but then then you have <laughs> you have this he's a tough guy these guys are supposed to live by this code right mm-hmm. he doesn't fight wait he, kachuk the, the code applies to kachuk not everyone else yeah just kachuk. yeah not the tough guys just the the tough guys is the code it's the tough guy is their code yeah for the rest of the people that aren't the tough guys they have to respond to it but the tough guys don't have to respond exactly yeah, that makes sense. Especially when the tough guys kill a skilled player and the good players hit cleanly a shitty player. Then it really applies. <laughs> this code is something. So the next shift, Zdorov is roughing him up, roughing him up a bit. Kachuk gets in there. Fuck, I love Kachuk, dude. And then, and then Lucci... Um, the thing is, is like if, under Jeff Ward, I'm not even sure there's any attempt... To retribution, but you know it, Daryl's like somebody is to go fucking talk to this guy. So Lucic goes to do the job, and it's just like then he he doesn't want to fight Lucic. So yeah, the code doesn't apply at this point. I guess there really is no code. There's no code. It's just Let's bullshit for when a player like Matthew Kachuk won't fight some goon. That's when it's only applied. It's only a, there's only a code when the goons want there to be a code, and then but that's it. Fuck, I would have loved to see that happen. You know this isn't over. This is going to carry on to next season. This will be, watch, Matthew Kachuk, Kolasar will be the next fucking rival rivalry we see. This, Kachuk does not have anything but a long-term memory. Kachuk will be some somehow the villain in all of this. Is like, oh, he's attacking a poor innocent Kolasar. He's attacking a poor goon. Oh, fuck, what a dirty scumbag. He's like six inches shorter. It's not fair. It's ridiculous. I like them going after Kolazar all night. Yeah. I know some people are like, oh, they got away from the game. It's like they stunk. It's nice to see them at least be emotional. I mean, what aggravated me to no end. I don't agree that Lucci should get a penalty for that. What was the penalty? Roughing? Roughing, I guess. <laughs> That's roughing? The guy's a fucking goon. He can't handle that? It's like, the, the, to me, the refs lost the context of the game, right? Because there's no there's obviously like okay, Colsar gets a penalty. Did we get a power play out of that or was it evened up? I, I think it was evened up because didn't uh Coleman well, got one. Yeah, Coleman, Coleman got right. one for where hooking? I didn't see I hook. don't know. It was way like it was just a random ass hook. So this is air number one. And this is to me like refs, they don't understand how human emotion works. Like they're they're there to manage the game. Um by the rule book. So the fact that there's no power play out of the Colasar hit, that's a problem. The fact that when Lucic tries to fight him and he backs down, he gets a penalty for what? Like they're, if like, listen, if he would have sucker punched him, if he yeah. did what he did to what's his name on Columbus. Yeah. Two years ago, then sure. If he did, he did the Zadarov. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sure. But like, come on, dude. dude like, Colasar is a big boy. He can't handle a little bit of fucking in your face. Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. So the fact that he gets a penalty, that's a problem. The fact that now Vegas scores on that penalty, now, now there's a big problem. The game is getting out of hand because of the fucking ring. And then now Majupani is going after him. God, dude, I, love, yeah, I love him so much. He was going after him hardcore. 
So, but that's, that's a bad penalty to take. That is a penalty, but again, it's because there was no, there's no even retribution happen. There's no justice happening from that hit. The flames team and the fan base, we got no justice from a fucking cheap headshot. That's the problem. That's why it was so infuriating. And now Matthew or uh, Manji Pawnee gets another penalty to score again. So now we're down two goals, a potentially injured our, our most valuable defenseman, and, and there's zero justice. So that was fucking infuriating to watch. And, well, and that's think- what they're supposed to do in, in this in this in this stupid world of game management, which they do all the time. How can they not manage something like this? Like it's fucking pathetic. Or give him a double minor, right? Do something. One for roughing. I don't know. Like do something. Communicate. Communicate to the teams. Okay, everybody settle down. We're gonna give this. We're gonna give that. And like, chill the fuck out, boys. I think what all they had to do was just let Lucic. Don't give Lucic a penalty there. Like, come on. That's the fucking stupidest shit ever. Yeah, that, but, that, that ignited the whole thing. Yeah, that was the storyline of the game. I think that was the turning point of the game. I do think the game got away from them a bit. Vegas played a good game, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to play these guys in the first round. I really don't. But then they get shut up by the Oilers, so I, I don't know. Maybe they were just having a good game, but Markstrom gets pulled again. That was a fucking brutal game to watch. Yeah, that was a hard one to watch. That was one of those just fuck this shit games. But um, I think the thing that's it, it was funny, and I mean, not that I often agree with Elliot Friedman because he's kind of a tool. <clears throat> I like but Elliot. I don't mind. He's, he's usually knows what he's talking about, even though he dresses like a clown. Did you see him? He's no socks. Like, dude. Yeah. Oh, boy. Hey, at least he doesn't have some Oof. weird thing growing on his face. Like, <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> Both the beard and the mustache were just fucking disgusting to look at. Oh my god! And I love when um, this is no offense to bald people, but I love when the the camera does the behind. He's got the giant cul-de-sac going on here. It's like no, he's like he must have he must have they must have gotten in trouble for that. That never happens anymore. Kelly Kelly has his old spot because he's always on the front end of that now. Oh, so Elliot's, like, have... Elliot's like okay, stop showing my bald spot, guys. Yeah. You fuckers. Because you wouldn't you wouldn't know by looking dead on at him, right? He loves the dead on angle. But anyways, Elliot was because t- like after the flames were down one nothing to Arizona, it was like everyone's freaking out. They're like, oh, the flames gonna be okay in the playoffs. They just lost six one to Vegas. Now they're done one nothing to Arizona. Elliot's like, chill out. These guys have played the most consistent hockey of any team this entire year, and then they come out and score like six goals in the second. So um well, that, that's it, always ingrained into us, this PTSD shit, where it's like, oh, shit, we did just get creamed by Vegas, and we're down one up to Arizona, and the playoffs are coming up. Fuck me, we're, we suck. We're going to get creamed in the first round, and then they are awesome. So My my PSD, my PTSD is actually starting to wean out. Yeah, same. And you know what the antidote the, is? The antidote? Yeah, yeah, you know what the antidote has been? Daryl Sutter. Exactly. Because... I get it, and I and I am watching it. People online and Twitter were, were getting worried, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, "But Daryl Sutter, like, there's no way he's going to allow this the, this to go off the rails here. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen." And like you said, 
look at the body of work for the entire season. This is a fucking little tiny blip on the radar. That's it. It's a one week stretch. That's it. Sure. It's timing time wise right before the playoffs, but did they not respond in fucking those second, the second period? They scored six goals in the second period. Yeah. Had nine goals in their bounce back game. So that's what always been is I'm kind of actually, I look forward to some of these games where it's like, fuck that sucked. Then I'm like, Hey, I can't wait to see what they're going to do next game. Did you hear um, Christian Anderson after the, the Vegas game? She's like, uh, Daryl, is this, is this when it's important to have a players only meeting? <laughs> just like, yo, perspective, Kristen. You got you're one point away from a hundred points. One point away. You just won five straight. You're one point away from clinching a playoff spot with like seven games left in the season. Players only meeting? Is this the time for it? Daryl's like, a what? I love how see that's he's like, I don't know. I'm not a player. Yeah. <laughs> like A, your question is stupid. B, why are you asking me? See, I love how these like bullshit things that used to be commonplace, right? Like, remember how the like, media would just go, Oh, they go nuts for those players only meetings under Jeff Ward. Oh, they just had a players only meeting. That oh, yeah. one Jeff would come out, yeah. The players just had a players only meeting. Yeah, they yeah. Were, it's the they third really one this week. Get, really third <laughs> one this week. They're gonna figure it out this time. They're really getting down to business. These boys fucking get creamed for like two weeks in a row. Like this bullshit stuff of like things that don't matter in under a real hockey team, like never come up anymore. Well, what like how many players only meetings did we hear about oh, in the past fuck. five, six years? Like, they, like seriously, it's like the third one this week, every fucking week. Well, and wasn't it at the time where like, can they just coach themselves? I think they'd be better off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But what was the uh, uh, Daryl was talking about the the team one of the team goals was he more professional on home ice right so I think this was he was on a roll after they clinched uh, after they like they clinched before the game but then they obviously whooped Arizona's asses but they were asking about his goals and shit for the year he's like one of the things the players said specifically to him in the summer in terms of one of their goals is they wanted to be a more professional team on home ice. Keyword professional. It was like they didn't want to be like better on home ice, which I mean is part and parcel on that, but they wanted to be a more professional team in the saddle. Oh, so you mean playing ABBA in practice for fucking, you know, three hours is not. Uh, hey, crank that up. Hey, yeah, this is really going to help us win some games. Hey, uh, media, what are the lines in practice? Lines? Forget about the lines. Here's the playlist. <laughs> Rasmus Anderson, do you like what's who's your favorite band? So who's picking the playlist today? That's the big news. So who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be Rasmus Anderson? This peewee bullshit. Let's talk about um I, I mean do, do you what okay, what about the Arizona game sticks out other than you thumped a fucking team that you should beat, which is nice to see. Nine one. You scored nine goals. Dubey gets two. Kachuk gets two. Dude, Johnny Gaudreau, man. Ooh, that fucking half clapper just right off the tee, eh? It never amazes me like how good he can shoot for being so little. We get, we have I have a little tiny group chat with my bro and a couple of his buddies and 
I forget who it was, but somebody says, oh, yeah, Johnny, uh, it's almost like he's disappointed with himself. He doesn't go bar down when he scores. Eh? <laughs> like, he's got to go bar down or bar in. Totally. Yeah. Dude, that was – and that pass on, like, the first Kachuk goal, dude. Like, but Johnny has that angle figured out, eh? Yeah, totally. It's the sweet spot angle. He knows that if he goes bar down, it's going in. And you, and it's funny because right before he lets that half clapper go, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, here it comes. Yeah. And then you know, as soon as he gets that little billiard angle figured out, it's going in. He doesn't miss it anymore. And they did it from the other side, too, which was pretty impressive. All right, sorry for the interruption, folks. Just got to get an award from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. So for NBA fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or you live in Canada, you can still get a big payday with huge cash prizes from DraftKings daily fantasy basketball contests. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network and bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. Promo code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus only minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. There's a minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you live in Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. If you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-quadruple-7 or visit ccpg.org chat in New York. Call eight seven seven eight Hope and Y. I think yeah, I I I do like Dubay's been scoring. He's been playing a lot. Like finally, kind of getting some Coleman scored. These guys who kind of have been uh, absent on the score sheet the last month or so are starting to score some goals. Yeah, it was nice to see everybody pitch in. Mm-hmm. But Dubay's got three goals in two games now. Yeah, he's looking good. How? What have you? What's your thoughts on that line? I don't know. I'm still kind of wishing they just put Coleman with like Monge with Coleman and Backland. I think that's the best we've seen. Backland. Backland seems to only play good when he's got either Mangiapani or Kachuk with him. So Backland made a nice pass to somebody, wasn't it? Coleman? Yeah, I think it was the Coleman goal. Yeah. With which Mangiapani was on the ice for. So I don't know. Not much to complain about in a game where you win 9-1, but I still think there's a little bit of tweaking to be done with those lines two and three. Yeah, I agree. So let's just talk about Kachuk here for a sec as we kind of wind things down because this guy has 38 goals now. 39. He's almost going to score 40 goals. Dude, he's going to score 40 goals. He's four points away from 100 points. Nobody's talking about this guy. And while we're on the Kachuk subject, just to bring this back to a uh, stat you asked me to find earlier, tip goals. Since so entering the league, Kachuk's sixth in the league in tip goals. He's got 29. Okay. Sixth. Top, I mean, top five are Chris Kreider, Joe Pavelski, Anders Lee, James Van Rinsdijk, and Sam Reinhardt. Okay. He's up there. He's up there. And it is nice to see Majipani scoring goals again, too. So that's a good sign. Yeah, but back to Kachuk. How good is this guy? He deserves more praise, is he not? Well, I, 
yeah, like, do you feel like people are not that I'm like out here looking for people to talk about, but it's like, I don't hear much about him for how unbelievable he's been this year. Is this a good thing if you're going into a re-signings offseason where he's not? What's going to happen here? Because I'm starting to see some rumors, which are just rumors. Josh, I don't know where I saw this rumor, but I think it was on Instagram. Yeah. Hockey rumors. The draw thing. Goudreau sounds like he's going to sign in the East. Uh, but it was there's an article this morning about Tree Living talking about they're going to do everything possible to keep Goudreau here. I mean, it seems like his fucking family and their parents like it here. All you got to do is fucking get rid of Eric Francis and this guy's signing. Right? Like that his family was here all week. They're on TV. Guy Goudreau is an absolute beauty, by the way. No, oh, they're both awesome. So great. Whole family is just <laughs> incredible. So they love it here. I think it's just a matter of brass tacks with Johnny Gaudreau getting down to the number. But I mean, I don't know. I've always been a little more nervous about the Chuck one, just because there is that option for him to take the one year qualifying offer. Right. I don't know. Like, why wouldn't he, if you're Matthew Chuck, why wouldn't you do that at this point? Like, dude, you're like, you're one of the, you're the best. You're one of the best players in the league. And you're well, like, you could almost get the unrestricted free agency. And I mean, and their, their family has a history of being yeah, hard negotiators, right? I was going to say, it's not really like the Gaudreau family where it's like the whole family's there and they're loving it. And it's the whole thing. It's like, these are the Kachucks, you know, like they will hold out. No problem. They're going to play hardball. So it's going to be a tougher negotiation with the Kachuk family than I imagine the loving, happy Gaudreau family. <laughs> Shit, eh? <laughs> Well, Johnny, okay. Johnny's just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want your, I want your prediction right now. What's going to happen with these two and Mangiapane going into next season? Do we sign well, all three? Yeah, I think, I think all three will be here. I just think the question is how long. What does Kachuk's extension look like? Is it short term? Is it long term? I think that's the only thing that's. I think that's the, that's the only question. Because like, come on, you think Johnny Gaudreau is not going to sign here? Give me a fucking break. Did you see Guy Gaudreau? Did you see the Flames have him on his website? He's like skating around. He's playing pickup hockey. Come yeah, on. he's fucking, he's part he of fucking pickup it. hockey here. Come on. Part of the team now. So I think Gaudreau signs, he'll get it, obviously a huge deal. I think Manjapani is going to get done. Thank God he actually went on that dry spell for a while. Cause like we to, if, maybe he's going to get hot here and score like 45 goals or some yeah. shit. But well, the thing and, with that, yeah. Well, it's, and I'm just saying timing, right? Remember yeah. last time when, Chuck was up for a, a new contract. Yeah. And the team was good. He was, he wanted to be here. He loved it here. And we were freaking out because, dude, if they had another stinker season, yeah. How do you resign this guy long term? Well, you don't. Yeah. But now, again, it's time is of the essence. You're coming off a great season. He's, if you can resign Johnny, you guys kind of have to lock him up now, don't you think? Oh, 100%. And I mean, it's kind of, it's not kind of, it's a fucking miracle Daryl Sutter revived this franchise because you said this to me the other day. I was like, can you imagine if this team had another season like last year or the year before and you had to sign Matthew Chuck and Johnny Gaudreau right now? There's literally no, no chance we're signing no. either of those guys. Like, no. no chance. Exactly. That's why you have to do it now. But, I mean, you're looking at the interview with with the Gaudreau, um, with Guy and, and Jane. Yeah. And they're, you know, even, like, they know. They know what's going on. Right, they're talking. Even Guy was like, "Yeah, well, you know, when Daryl was first announced coach, all the media was freaking out, and people were saying, oh, no, no, this is not a good combation.'" 
Ski was like, yeah, he knew it was going to be great. And then you're sitting here like, holy fuck, man. Not only did Daryl revive this team and revive this fan base's, you know, passion for playoff hockey here, but he probably saved these both. Probably saved us from losing both Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. Oh, easily. Like, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt in my mind. If the Flames suck this year, does Johnny is Johnny Gaudreau coming off like it's not even a and even seeing the personal success he's had under Daryl, knowing he's going to thrive with this guy, like no chance. All right, after this week, there will only be three games left. Season is winding. <laughs> You got uh, seven games left. Five. You finish on the on the road. I think that's going to be bode well too. So you got Chicago, Nashville. Then you're back at home for Dallas, Vancouver. Then you finish up on the road, Nashville, Minnesota, Winnipeg. Will be interesting to see where the points are at and who's getting rest and whatnot. I'm just kind of curious how Daryl manages this last two weeks of the season. Just because it's it's been it's just interesting watching him manage. Period. Yeah, everything he does is just like I'm always curious. And he kind of he said because they were asking, well, "What are your new goals?" He's like, "I don't know. There's not really any new goals. We hit our goal. We're going to be a top three team in the division." But what he said was like, "Got to get some. Got to get certain guys playing better hockey." You can put it in the wind cup. Playoffs. Yeah, baby.